This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Welcome to Tech Guide, episode 449. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Stephen Fennec here. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Thanks for listening. On this week's show, we take a look back at the last decade of technology which saw the most rapid growth in Australia's history. TCL has just launched its new 20 series of advanced yet affordable smartphones, and we chat with Amazon's Kate Burley about the state of the smart speaker market. In the Tech Ride reviews, we're going to take a listen to the Huawei FreeBuds 4i noise-cancelling earphones. Arlo has launched its essential indoor camera, and we get our hands on the gaming controller that works across multiple systems. And your tech questions will be answered in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I can tell you from experience that the last 10 years has seen some remarkable changes and improvements and growth in the adoption of technology. I've started, I started Tech Guide 10 years ago, so I've tracked these changes. Before that, I was working at the Daily Telegraph and obviously working there on, uh, on tech as well. And the, what we're about to talk about is a compilation of a report looking back at the last decade, which is between 2010 and 2020. The study done by Telsite, the Australian Digital Consumer Study 2021, is, is the very first produced after the COVID-19 pandemic, shows the incredible adoption of tech devices and services in the last 10 years. We've seen some rapid changes with a shift to online and digital services and that, that has been powered, of course, by mobile technology and faster internet services as well. In fact, the number of internet-connected devices in Australia has grown sixfold in the past 10 years. We've gone from less than 35 million in 2010, this is in Australia, to more than 193 million in 2020. Another area that's seen remarkable growth is smartphone usage. We've gone from having these devices in our lives. We, we, there was 4.4 4 million people that had smartphones in 2010 in Australia. They've now become such a central part of our lifestyle that that figure has now grown by more than 390% to 21.6 million. So 4.4 in 2010, grown by 390% to 21.6 million in 2020. And we've seen the rollout of the NBN and at the same time, faster mobile broadband so our access to the internet has also surged. The Telsite study shows that 30% of Australians are now on a 100 megabits or faster plan compared to 78% in 2010 that were on ADSL plans. And have a guess what the average speed back in 2010 was. 15 megabits per second. Today we're on... 100 megabits per second or faster. The other thing that has grown with a faster internet connection is higher data usage. So the average increased, would you believe, by 793%. Back in 2010, our monthly average data usage was 28 gigabytes, which was pretty solid for, for 2010, more than 10 years ago. But in 2020, our average usage of data is now 250 gigabytes. One thing that's also helped us along with the adoption of new technology is the COVID pandemic, believe it or not. So the, what, what we've done, we've noticed that Telsite studies show that the e-commerce market has really been spurred along. I think one of the best examples is online shopping. The e-commerce market has really been boosted because during COVID, a lot of people were shopping online. Uh, so that, that's really seen some incredible growth. In fact, 
the e-commerce market in 2020 was worth $32.9 billion, which is triple the value of the market back in 2010 when we generated $11.5 billion. The other big improvement and the increase of uh, use of digital goods and services, including online entertainment and apps, that's also increased sixfold from the market being worth $2.2 billion in 2010 to $14.4 billion in 2020. It was also the decade when we were introduced to streaming video on-demand services, so Netflix, Stan, all these other services were introduced around 2014 to 2015, around that period. And we've seen just from 2014 to 2020, there's been a 40-fold growth with more than 16 million services. We're at a point now where three in five households were using at least one streaming video on-demand services at the end of 2020. But it's not all about the past. The, the past decade, as I just mentioned through these figures, has been remarkable. And as we said earlier as well, one of the fastest growth decades we've seen in technology ever, ever in our history. So looking forward, they're also predicting, Telsite is saying that the adoption of technology is only going to increase. We haven't peaked. There's still room to grow. So what, we, what can we look forward to? in the coming years. Well, one is even faster NBN and faster cellular networks. So we're talking gigabit speeds on the NBN. That's a thousand megabits per second. And even uh, the rapidly expanding 5G footprint as well is going to enable access to speeds that are comparable, if not exceeding the gigabit speeds on the NBN as well. The other, the other real growth product too, and we're going to talk to Kate Burley from Amazon a little bit later, the other growth area is smart speakers. They, their rapid growth is also going to increase, and that is also going to enable faster smart home product adoption. Sales are predicted to increase by more than 50% in the next few years. One other thing that we're seeing rapid increase too is subscription to entertainment services. So things like video, pay TV, music, gaming services. So these are subscription services. That's also expected to grow, but also growing in relation to the our speed of access to the internet. It's really going to mirror our improving internet access. Telsite says the number of subscriptions will increase by 58% which is 37 million in 2020, by 2024, that figure is going to be 58 million people subscribing to those services. A remarkable decade, remarkable growth we've seen. We've tracked it all the way here on Tech Guide. We've been around since 2011. So we were writing about all those things back when we were in our infancy when it came to smartphone adoption, our online data usage. We've really seen some huge changes, some huge growth and that growth is going to continue. If you want to read more about uh, those stats from Telsite, that study, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, TCL has just launched their new Series 20 uh, devices. They've got two devices in the range, the TCL 25G and the TCL 20SE. These are two new devices that will be in market at the end of May and early June. Uh, we've we've t- t- had a first look at the TCL 25G smartphone, and as its name suggests, it's 5G. But here's the thing, it's priced under $500. It's $499. Uh, this has it also the, the this the 5G and the SE also incorporate TCL's proprietary display technology, the Next Vision 2.0. You got to remember TCL also make another little product called the television. They do make TVs, uh, and and they've used that display technology, and also shrunk it down for their smartphones at the same time. Camera technology also on the increase, but on the Next Vision side, this is a sort of display that can provide 
SDR to HDR conversion, so standard uh, high dynamic range conversion up from standard dynamic range. And also, it it also offers enhanced color calibration. So what you see on your screen, the quality that you're seeing is, is almost equal to what you see on a television with a processor dedicated to improving the picture. That's what TCL brings with this next vision display. I think their, their catch cry is display greatness. That's what they can offer you. And you consider the amount of time we spend on our devices, the amount of time we spend looking at content and consuming content, apps, browsing, then having having a, a screen that is, is easy on the eye and also a, attractive in terms of great color, great clarity, and SDR to HDR conversion, I think is something that customers are really going to respond to. The uh, the the S the TCL twenty five G has a 6.67-inch Dodge display. By that, the Dodge means it's got a camera hole punch. So there's a circle, little, tiny little hole where the camera peeks out. They call that Dodge display. It's, uh, has, it's powered by an 8-nanometer octa-core Snapdragon 690 processor, up to 256 gigabytes of internal memory. And, of course, there's that 5G network connectivity. Uh, the screen, as we've mentioned, has this superior quality. So... We do spend a lot of time looking at at screens. We spoke about that a few weeks ago on the show. Also has, of course, one of the important features is the camera. And in this instance, it has an AI-powered triple camera system that's made up of a 48-megapixel, 8-megapixel, and 2-megapixel camera on the rear panel, 10 times zoom on board, front-facing 8-megapixel camera. They look quite great. The, the, the TCL 25G is available in blue and grey, really attractive colours. We've got the blue one at the moment. We only just received it, so uh, we've only just taken a first look at it. You can see the images on our story on Tech Guide. Uh, on the security side too, the TCL 25G has a fingerprint reader built into the side power button. Really handy. So when you, when you naturally just grip the phone, my thumb just happens to be resting on that fingerprint reader, so it, it uh, un- uh, unlocks in seconds. It's uh, in in a millisecond. We're, we're looking at our stuff. the uh, The TCL twenty SE that's a four G device, so four G LTE. It does have a larger screen though, six point eight two inch V notch display. That means it's like a little teardrop at the top of the display also powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon processor, has a screen-to-body ratio of 90%. So that's a really good size there for maximised viewing experience when you're on the move there. The TCL20 SE also has a four-lens camera system, 48, 5, 2, and a second uh, 2-megapixel camera. So there's a main camera, wide-angle camera, macro camera, and a depth camera. And on the front is a 13-megapixel camera to boot. Uh, on the battery side, the TCL 25G has a 4,500 milliamp hour battery. The TCL 20SE, which is cheaper, it's only 299, has a larger 5,000 milliamp hour battery. So, if you know, if if you're not interested in 5G, uh, you then you, you you get a bigger screen, bigger battery, and and a slightly better camera for $299, and both of these devices too are capable of 18-watt fast charging. Pretty exciting. The new devices, these from TCL, they're going to go on sale in late May at Harvey Norman. That's the the TCL 25G, $499, Harvey Norman at the end of May, Officeworks, it'll be available from Officeworks from June. The TCL 20SE, which is a 4G LTE smartphone, goes on sale in June at Officeworks for $299. I think uh, with this, with this, uh, the TCL phones here, we're also going to talk about the Huawei earphones in the review section. We're giving you some good value here. These are two products that offer really, really impressive features, but at really affordable prices. So uh, I think gone are the days where you need to spend big money to get a decent smartphone. This is flagship quality for under 500 bucks, and then also great quality and under 300 bucks, as we've seen with the TCL 20 SE, TCL 25 Gs at the top of the line there. Both of them you can see at techguide.com.au. (laughs) 
Righto, next up we're going to be chatting to Kate Burley. She's the country manager for Amazon Alexa and devices in Australia and New Zealand. I've known Kate for quite a while. She's she's had quite a quite a career in the tech space. She also used to be the Intel country, the Intel ANZ managing director as well. So I've known her. She worked at Intel for quite a while before she started her her role at the uh, at Amazon as country manager for Alexa and Amazon devices. Uh, she talks to us today about the state of the market, what we can look forward to, uh, what people can expect from uh, the rise of, of smart devices being controlled from smart speakers. Our, also, she t- talks about our privacy and how uh, you know people what, what people can expect and the transparency that Amazon offers through their devices as well. So uh, an interesting chat. And so here she is, Kate Burley. Well, hi, Kate. Welcome to the Tech Guide podcast, and uh, you are involved in one of the most exciting sectors of technology in Australia. Let us know, what is the state of play in this growing growing sector of smart displays and smart speakers? Well, I mean, we're just seeing so, so much um, growth around actual um, smart speakers. We've just sort of done some recent analysis, and we think one in six homes um, now have some type of smart speaker um, in the house, um, Stephen. So that's a product that you can talk to, uh, you know, ask what the weather is, ask it to control your house, um, products much like Alexa. So, you know, one in six houses, that's pretty fast adoption over really what has essentially been just a three to four year period. And, and Australians, we tend to be early adopters, fast adopters of new technology. How do we fare uh, compared to other countries around the world in terms of that adoption? Um, actually, our do- adoption's probably been a little bit faster in Australia in the early years. And I think in, if I look at, say, where Alexa is now in the first three years and compare that to, say, the US market where they launched a couple of years before us, we probably launched further along. And I think that but we did expect that as well. And I think that's just because the product and the category was a little bit more refined. So what we got to launch in Australia was a, a more refined version um, of the product, and we knew, knew exactly what customers were probably going to gravitate to first, and indeed they did, um, which was controlling smart homes, lights, um, music, um, and news and weather. Yeah, of course. And you've been quite busy. Uh, uh, Echo, a lot of Echo products being released. The latest, of which I'm actually reviewing right now, is the the uh, the Fire TV 4K stick, and we've also got the the Echo. 10, which is the, the and I've reviewed this on TechCot as well, the, the device where the screen follows you around. How have they been accepted? Yeah, the Echo Show 10 um, is really our most popular product at the moment in the in the higher-end range. It's a more expensive product, obviously, you know, the fastest selling and the biggest volume ranges. The entry-level product, which can, that's the Echo Dot, which can range in price from $49 to $79, depending on different promotions you might see. Um, but that Echo Show 10 is a premium product. It's got the screen. And what we're noticing is a lot of people who have open plan houses are thinking, if I only have one device, they'll go for the higher-end device. And it actually sorts out all of their audio. Um, and they also get a second screen in the house that they can watch their streaming media on, like Netflix or Prime or ABC iView. Um, so they get kind of a two-in-one. So Echo Show 10 is working really well. I have to say, we had it um, working um, in my house over the weekend. Steve and my daughter just turned 18. Um, And we had all of our different (laughs) Echo devices um, synced in every room in the house. And so we had her playlist um, going on Spotify all day. And no matter what room you walked into, um, we had them all paired. And it was as if I had wired the whole home (laughs) with the new sound system. But it's just these great little smart speaker devices dotted over the home and out in the garden. Yeah, it was well, that's actually uh, that's a good uh, segue to my next question because because you obviously the aim is is for customers to buy more than one of these to have them around the home where, and in convenient locations so they are right there whenever we need them when we need to find out things request content. So how how is the attachment going? Like are customers are they are they buying just one or are we seeing multiple purchases from the same customer? Yeah, we're seeing multiple purchases from the same customers. I mean, what we notice is most people do start off with just one. We do do bundles where we'll do a two, you know, special sort of, you know, you can get two for a better price than just just buying one. 
But we notice people are kind of, they're toe in the water. So they'll tend to want to just start off with one device, see if they like it, put it in one room of their home when they use it. Um, but what our data shows us is pretty quickly they, they go on to purchase a second and third yeah. um, device. So, yeah, the average device ownership in Australia is more than one device. Absolutely. Um, well, so, I, yeah, and I, they are designed I, uh, that way. Of course, yeah, and I, uh, I can, I can relate because I, I've given these, I've given these as gifts to other people, and I gave one to my parents as well, and it, they so loved it, and they changed their life. It just made such so many things easier for them. And once I connected a couple of their smart products, that was a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I found I had to do with my mum. Like, it's easy to get the device. I had to sit down and help her get a Spotify synced and show her how to get a Prime synced. And once she got that synced, which I'm not sure she could have done that herself. It was a bit of mucking around on passwords. It was just hard getting her to remember her passwords. But the actual <laughs> syncing with the device piece was super easy. Um, but we just now had to break break through password jail for her. But now that's all set up. Yeah. She, you know, it all obviously just feels like it works like magic for her. And I think we were all helping our, our parents on that. Of front. course, yeah. Well, I'm I'm the go to IT person in my family, naturally, as I imagine you would be. So that's yes. just life, yep. I guess. But um, that's a cross we have to wear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, but that's okay. I'm happy to do that. Uh, let's. Uh, I just want to dive in a little bit deeper. Like I understand that that obviously what what you what customers see in the stores is a great product, works really well. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to bring it to that point. So the whole uh, the Alexa skills and partnering with with different companies, uh, artificial intelligence. There's a lot of work that goes into making this product so simple and easy to use, isn't there? Oh, there is. They, there is, and um, you know, I'm the one who gets to talk about a lot of these products. But we have an amazing team here in Australia in the Alexa group, and they're sitting there doing everything from working with third-party providers to build transportation skills. The skill is much like an app. So if you ask Alexa sort of when the next bus is to Manly, for example, she'll be able to answer that question because someone's worked with Transport for New South Wales to make sure that the right information, she's going out looking for the right information, most up-to-date information, and they're coming back with the right answer. Um, another example will be around Fire TV, uh, you know, our new streaming media device um, for, for watching all your favourite streaming content. We know in Australia, like, of course, Netflix is popular, Prime's going to be popular, um, YouTube will be popular, but there's also local providers like Stan and ABC iView and 10Play that are also important to have the Australian customers. So we have a team of people who've been working with all of those different media providers to make sure that Australians can get the content that they really enjoy watching on Fire TV as well, and not just the obvious, you know, um, international brands, which of course will support too. Yeah. Um, and then just getting her to speak with a nice Aussie accent, Stephen. I mean, we're <laughs> most proud of that. We think we've done a pretty good job. Yeah. I, I always joke. I think she's got a bit, a bit of a Sydney siders accent. You know, she okay. sounds like she's been quite well educated. You know, <laughs> but she's not too snobby sounding, and we just want to get that right. The right tone. How do you think we're going with that? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm used to her telling me lots of things every day. So I think you're doing a terrific job there for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, but, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it, actually, teaching her to speak with the Australian accent has been harder than anyone thought it would be. Excellent, absolutely. Uh, this week, I thought I'd ask. This week is Privacy Awareness Week, and uh, what what uh, there's a lot of people who uh, not a lot of people, but some people are a little bit. Uh, standoffish in terms of look, I, I don't like the idea of a speaker listening listening out for me all the time. Is that something you found that needs to be addressed? I know it's always listening for that key word, but uh, is privacy something we need to be worried about in having a smart speaker in our home? Well, privacy is not something you should be worried about with these products, but it is in general. I say with tech, always something you should be make sure you're really educated about. And I think it's fair to say in the early days, we didn't educate enough about this mm-hmm. area. You know, we were just like, oh, you know, trust us. You know, we've got your best interests at heart. And people, like any new technology, people were wary. Um, and now what we've done, Stephen, so we've just done a much better job at making it easier for people to understand um, mm-hmm. how privacy is looked after. And one way you can do that is you can actually just ask Alexa, tell me everything you've just heard. Okay. And and she'll go. And it can also be just like you know, delete what you've just heard. And you can also have a look on the Alexa app and see. And when I say what she's heard, really, she, as you say, she's only listening to the command. Yeah. So when you say her name, she goes from what you and I might call a standby mode 
and then she's sort of pricking up her ears and she's ready to help. Um, and then she goes back to just into a resting mode where she's just waiting until you wake her up again. So we call Alexa the wake word. Um, if she hasn't been woken, woken up, she's not actually listening at all. She's just on standby waiting for your command. But, you know, that this is a new technology and um, that's hard for people to understand in the early days. So we've also, you know, developed a beautiful privacy blog as well where people can go and um, really read up in the privacy hub and understand more about um, how to get the feel as secure as you want to feel um, with Alexa and how you can set up different permissions as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good way. It's great that it's Privacy Awareness Week as well, and I'd always say to everyone they should really be guarding their privacy. It's an it's important thing to be aware of. Well, as you know, it's uh, you, you, there are there is another major brand in the market. It's it's kind of a bit of a Ford v Holden type battle going on uh, against you guys and Google. What what sets Alexa apart, your products apart from the Google products? What what do you tell people that ask you why should I buy Alexa rather than a Google Assistant? Look, I mean, we would always say to customers they should do their own research, but I can tell you what we're the most proud of. Um, we're definitely the most proud of how beautifully she um, connects with smart home devices. Um, there's an, a huge array of different um, devices from light bulbs to smart switches um, to vacuum cleaners that are designed to connect well with Alexa. So they look out for that work with Alexa badge um, and we'll find, you know, in general, when you set up smart home devices with Alexa, you'll have very little fuss or worry. Um, they work, It works very seamlessly. So very proud of the smart home connectivity. I think that the other um, area, Stephen, is just the selection of products that we have. Um, you mentioned earlier on the Echo Show 10 with the swiveling screen. We're putting a lot of innovation into Alexa, not just at the um, voice layer, but also at the hardware layer. Um, so with that Echo range of devices, um, we have everything from sort of a smaller entry-level product. But we've made no sacrifices on that entry-level product. Um, one of the areas that I most like about the Echo Show, Show Dot, for example, or the Echo Dot, is it has audio out. So if I have another sound system that you know I've invested in and I still want to be able to plug the little dot into a much bigger speaker, um, I can do that with the entry-level device, which really means that you get the the advantage of voice, but you can also connect it to your existing audiovisual setup. Um, so at that sort of lower end of the range, we've put we haven't sacrificed any of the functionality. And then that higher level of the range at Echo Show 10 with the swiveling screen and the beautiful high definition display, um, there's something for everyone in the range. So yeah. yeah, I'd just say do your research, but definitely on Alexa around smart home and the various selection of devices mm-hmm. in the Echo range, um, yeah, there's a lot to consider there. Now, you're no stranger to technology. You've been in the industry. You, you were head of Intel Australia New Zealand before taking your your current position with uh, Amazon. What Tell us, uh, what can we look forward to here? I know technology, obviously, is a passion of yours. You've been in the game for a while. What, what can we look forward to? What, what's, uh, is there a, anything you can tell us that's on the horizon? Is, have we, are you going to tell us we ain't seen nothing yet, or what can we look forward to? <laughs> well, I think in the tech world, you've never seen it. You've never <laughs> seen it all, haven't you, right? Nah. You know, I think we've all been predicting the future, and the future's always actually, you know, delivers you know, much more than the wildest predictions. Um, But actually the Fire TV range, we've just launched. So a couple of um, months ago, I think I was telling people to look forward to the 4K um, Fire TV device. We've now launched that in Australia. So it's not even something that I'd need to say, oh, you can look forward to that coming. I mean, it's it's now on the shelves in Australia, different retailers and obviously on Amazon as well. And I think that that was one of the areas that, You know, we really wanted to make sure that we sort of delivered 4K um, in Australia because we know, as you said, it's an early adopter market. A lot of people migrated to 4K. So that's great. And I think just voice itself, Stephen, just that idea of being able to voice-enable devices. Mm. Once you've started to talk to the Echo devices with Alexa in your home or you're controlling your TV now with Fire TV just by saying, oh, Alexa, show me the latest, you know, Netflix movie and it just pops up. Once you start doing that, you start looking around your house and start thinking, well, what else could I just voice control? And I think what the future holds for us 
is just this idea of voice moving from being a novelty that it's just something that I have in one or two products to just actually being how we all um, live our life in our home, you know, in our homes, in our cars, in our offices. You're going to see more and more voice control, less buttons, less switching, and just more seamless control um, of your technology with your voice. Thanks very much, Kate. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, Thanks for appearing on the podcast. Pleasure. Great to catch up too. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. I did mention we're, we're looking after you in terms of finding a bargain. You don't have to spend big money to get good quality products. The first was the TCL 20 series devices, which are the smartphones will be released in the coming weeks. And next up is the Huawei FreeBuds 4i active noise cancelling earphones. Now, when you include the words active noise cancellation on to describe a pair of earphones, Normally what follows is a price tag that's well over $300. Well, that is not the case with the Huawei FreeBuds 4i. These are $159 wire-free earphones. They look they look a bit like the original uh, AirPods, so they've got a little stalk uh, coming down from the earbud. But this is active noise cancelling with microphones, all of that technology on board. Also, ANC also works well when you're on a call. It can then dampen all those ambient sounds so that your call is even clearer. You can They can hear you. You can hear your call even better. And all of that for 159 bucks. So just, just that, just that alone is well worth considering. The good news is it's not just about having ANC and a couple of microphones on board. The noise cancelling is, uh, the active noise cancellation is is good. It's not as good as what you'd get with, say, the AirPods Pro or the Bose head earphones, but it still helps improve your listening experience. And speaking of listening, the quality you'll get out of these is surprisingly good. Uh, the, the amount of bass I was really impressed with, the clarity, the, the whole, the whole uh, audio quality, I, I, I really was surprised at how good these sounded. And, and for $159, I'm thinking, yeah, this isn't going to sound that good. And I was honestly, I had a smile on my face at how good these were sounding for the price. So you're getting good audio quality, active noise cancellation, and for under $160, which uh, they they had me at hello here. I did I did have a good look at them, good listen to them as well. They do come in a, in a nice circular or an oval-shaped charging case, which has a flat base, so it rests easily on your table. The earbuds themselves, I mentioned, look a little bit like the original AirPods. So they've got a bud. They've got three different silicon tips that come in the box to get you a nice secure fit. They're very light as well. Each earbud weighs just 5.5 grams. So you can have these on all day. And I eventually forgot they were even in my ears. Uh, the the there is a stalk as well coming down uh, in that stalk to uh, micro the small microphones. There's one at the bottom of the stalk, one just under the base of the earbuds. That's where the small microphones are located to pick up all that ambient sound and cancel it out, so you can hear your content more clearly. Uh, the active noise cancellation, as I said, is 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 good above average not as good as you'd get with more expensive earphones but that's i guess why those earphones are a lot more expensive the other thing too is the the call quality with this the active noise cancellation really works well i was on the phone i was actually i did some radio interviews using the huawei freebuds 4i and no one mentioned a difference in the quality no one asked me if i was on on a pair of earphones headphones 
we just we just conducted the uh, my normal segments and it, it was uh, we were good to go, which I think is a good sign. If no one can notice the difference, then you're on a winner right there. Now, apart from uh, having ANC, there are periods, of course, where you do need to sort of hear your surroundings, and that's why they've got awareness mode. For those times where you need to hear, you might be on a run or a walk near the street, you, you need to hear what's going on around you, even when you want to talk to someone. Awareness mode allows you to do that without having to remove your earphones. So a, a, a little a little long press on the left or right earbud switches between, it sort of toggles between ANC, ANC off, and then awareness mode. And if you do the double tap again, it'll take you into that system again. So ANC, ANC off, awareness mode. Um, the, the Also the controls to to navigate your music, double tap either either bud to play and pause your music to answer and end your calls. I found the controls, though, a little awkward and sometimes non-responsive, but they took a little bit of getting used to. If there was one weakness, I think that was it. The, the controls could be a little bit uh, a bit easier, a little bit more responsive. Now, in terms of uh, in terms of the audio quality, oh, I did mention earlier that it, it, pretty respectable clarity and detail you get from your music. The, the bass, I was really surprised at the level of bass that you get as well. That's from the onboard 10-millimeter driver. So it's got a decent-sized driver, which is, I think, sort of what's, uh, what's behind the quality there. And those drivers were actually tuned by Huawei's Audio Lab. So they, they, the goal is to provide a rich and balanced sound with clear vocals, defined, well-defined instruments in the music, and I think uh, mission accomplished. It does. Uh, we were very surprised with what came up with the the FreeBuds 4i. You can connect these to Android or iPhones as well. By the way, so you're not you're not locked to uh, one. Doesn't work better than the other. It equally connects equally easily to whether you're connecting via Bluetooth to Amazon or to an iPhone. Now, I know a lot of people will be using these when watching a video or playing a game, perhaps on a tablet or their phone. The good news there also is that they have low latency, and that means that what you see on the screen also syncs with the sound you'll hear through the earphone. So if you're watching a Netflix show, for example, on your tablet or on your phone, as the lips are moving, you're hearing their words in time, in, in sync with the, with what you're watching. So the the audio will match what you're seeing on the screen, which is not, nothing more annoying than seeing a, a little delay with that latency issue there. But that won't be the problem with the Huawei FreeBuds 4i. Now, as if there couldn't be any more good news to share with you about this product, there is actually one other amazing feature, and that's the battery life. 10 hours you'll get from these earphones and that's without any additional charge from the case. I don't know what Huawei have done, but they've, in the past, I've noticed their phones, their smartwatches, and now these earphones have always had better battery performance. They've got, must have some magic formula back there. Uh, and I'm happy to say that on the FreeBuds 4i, 10 hours of playtime, that's, that's all day for some people. And the good news too is that when you need, it's time to recharge. They've also got fast charging, so you can plug these into the charger for ten minutes. That'll get you four hours of playback for just ten minutes of charge. That's incredible. Anyway, the Huawei FreeBuds 4i priced at just one fifty nine dollars, available from the Huawei store, Amazon, Mobile City. I've put links to all of them. If you want to see more, read this review for yourself. Check it out. The Huawei FreeBuds 4i. I don't think if there is a better value pair of active noise cancelling earphones uh, and better quality for this price, then I haven't seen them. This is uh, pretty remarkable. Remarkable value and very impressive quality for the price. Check out our full review at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, we're talking Arlo Essential Indoor Camera. This is Arlo's new camera, and Arlo, very well-known brand in the wireless security camera space, and I've got plenty of their cameras here already. thing is, they're all on the outside of my house. They're outside, pointing out, uh, and they're weatherproof, uh, so they're, they're a little bit more expensive because they are weatherproof. They're battery-operated, so they need rechargeable batteries on board, uh, can stand the rain, the heat, all of that, but they point out, so... Arlo have decided to release a security camera for inside your house. So the essential indoor camera has all the features you'd expect. So high definition, night vision, two-way audio, all of that stuff. But 
they did take into account the fact that some customers may feel a little uncomfortable knowing there's a camera inside their home. And you know what? With good reason. Arlo very cleverly added another feature to this camera that isn't on the out there outside cameras. On this essential indoor camera is a privacy shield. And by the shield, I mean literally a cover over the camera when you don't, don't want it to be monitoring and recording inside your house. So what happens when you arm the camera? In other words, when you leave your house, the the shield the shield comes open and then it's it is looking around it's looking for motion listening for audio and you'll get your notification as you would with all the other Arlo cameras in the lineup. The, the, the shield will also rise of course when you're remotely checking into the camera. So the if say you might have your pets at home, you might be checking in on your holiday house, your child might have just come home from school and you want to talk to them through the camera. They might want to show you their little pretty picture they drew at at school today. That is another use for it as well. So it does have all the benefits of the outside camera, but with that added privacy shield, just to give customers, I think, a little peace of mind that we're, you know, Arlo is saying, look, we respect your privacy. This will only record when you want it to. And the thing to note as well, that it is really easy to notice that the privacy shield is activated because the front of the camera is black and the privacy shield is white. So it is really plain to see at a glance, that the privacy shield has been activated. And just with, through the app or from you checking in or arming the cameras, that privacy shield will instantly flip open and be on the lookout. The, the camera also has a speaker-based 80 decibel siren. So you can trigger it automatically or manually, if you if, if it detects someone's in your home, you can trigger the siren as well through through there. And of course, you get the notifications from that motion also. And being an indoor camera, doesn't run on a battery, connects to power with a USB cable. So one less thing to worry about recharging a, a battery. You can mount it on a surface, mount it on a wall, mount it on the ceiling, wherever you want, but it does need a cable to power it. Uh, I've done a video actually setting up the new Arlo Essential Indoor camera takes less than two minutes as you'll see in that video really easy to set up for those customers a little intimidated thinking oh it's all too hard you'll see from that video it is really really simple to go from powering the camera on to connecting it to your network and naming it and having the view of the live view through the camera it's less than two minutes as I've demonstrated in my video that's also on our story on Tech Guide. The Arlo Essential Indoor Camera uh, does come with a three-month subscription to Arlo Smart. That's the subscription services that can offer you storage of up to 30 days of your recordings. But not only that, it also provides smart alerts. So you can do you can have alerts that can distinguish between people, animals, vehicles, packages. Uh, so that, that is included with that. Starts at $4.49 a month. The price of a cup of coffee, coffee a month, you can get your video stored for up to 30 days and have those smart alerts as well. The Arlo Essential Indoor Camera, it's also affordably priced. It's $159. We're all about value on today's Tech Guide podcast. $159 is the price you'll pay for the Arlo Essential Indoor Camera. That's actually the same price as the uh, Huawei earphones, I just realized. So $159, you get the Huawei FreeBuds, and now $159, extra $159, you'll get the Arlo Essential Indoor Camera. You want to read that review? Check it out at techguide.com.au. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a gamer. I was—I suspect a lot of you are as well. Uh, and I don't just play my games on one platform. Yeah, I love the PlayStation. I love the Xbox. But uh, there are also a lot of players who like playing on Windows and on their Mac and on their phone, uh, on their Nintendo Switch. Well, what would I? What would you say if I told you that you can have one controller that will work on the Nintendo Switch, Windows, Mac, Android, and Steam? which is the streaming service. So there is such a thing. It's the 8-Bit Do. That's the name of the company. The control is the SN30 Pro 2. Now, it's available in grey, white, or black. And it is typical look and feel of a controller. So same thumbsticks, direction pad, A, B, and X, Y buttons, shoulder, rear controls, 
everything you'd expect from a modern day controller. In the middle are the start and select buttons, two small buttons each side of the thumbstick that can be customized as well for your gaming platforms. And like the Xbox and PlayStation controllers, there are also left and right triggers below the shoulder buttons and even an inside button on each grip. So there's plenty of buttons. And, and the good news is you can, if you're playing Windows games, customize it to the game you're playing. Uh, underneath is a rechargeable battery hatch. It has a rechargeable battery. Just plug in the USB-C, will charge that rechargeable battery. Or it can run on on triple A on double A batteries as well. If you uh, if you if your batteries are dead and you don't have time to charge it, you can put regular batteries on board so you can be playing right away. Now underneath is a small switch. There's a uh, to switch between the platforms. There's an S switch for the Nintendo Switch. A for Apple, D for direct input for Android, X input for Windows. So uh, you do slide it around to to con- to line up with the particular platform's requirements. Uh, and if, if you're playing on Windows, you can download free software that can customize the controller even more, map the buttons how you want, and uh, all the controls are then to your liking. So you can get into your game uh, with this amazing controller. Uh, there is also that software can create macros, which means you can create this long sequence of actions with just the press of a single button. Uh, really handy feature also right there. Also has modifiable vibration has a six-axis sensor. So this has got motion control as well. Pretty remarkable for something you can use across multiple platforms. You can also set up three different profiles to to suit, you might be, say, you're a Call of Duty player or a racing player or whatever. There are three profiles you can set up to suit those specific games and you just toggle through. There's a central profile button so you can toggle through so you know, right, I'm playing Call of Duty, I need this, I need this uh, for this profile profile and it'll take you straight there we had a lot of fun playing uh, on our iMac we connected it to our iMac we were playing the asphalt uh, racing game and same level of control as if we're playing our PlayStation or Xbox right there on our iMac remarkable uh, the onboard uh, rechargeable batteries as I mentioned 1000 milliamp hour capacity that's good for up to 20 hours of gameplay which is a long time when you think about it and uh, it takes though four hours to recharge but you can as I said you can replace the rechargeable battery with two Two AA batteries, not three. It was two AA batteries you need. Uh, and it's really easy to switch from one to, to go from the switch, switch from the switch to the Mac, the PC, Android. Uh, and and just amazing if, if you are playing across all those different platforms. So instead of having to buy a lot of multiple controllers, now you need to buy just one. The 8-Bit Do SN30 Pro 2. It's a bit of a mouthful, but worth it. If you want to read our full review, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Whether you're after a cable, a a battery charger for your phone, all of those devices available from Belkin, belkin belkin.com forward slash au. We get a lot of questions. I think there's been a a spate of people building granny flats. There's a huge growth. uh, People who want to have this little house in their backyard, a little granny flat, perhaps their their child or their their, their child maybe has got married or they've, they've a partner 
partner want to live on their property and uh, there's this huge growth, people renting it out, of course, there's, there's a huge rental market for granny flats, but the thing they all want, though, is connectivity. And I get asked this question a few times a week by various people who are building their own granny flats. How do I get the internet back there? And I think the look the, the obvious way is if you are taking the trouble of building a granny flat or renovating a, an existing structure into a granny flat, I think it's worth the trouble of running Cat5 cables or Cat6 cables you're up to now. So Ethernet cables from the granny flat to your house. So you can literally connect the two structures with a cable. Now, that, that's problem solved if that's what you want to do. But if, it's, if your place is already built, you don't want to go down that path, then you can go down the wireless path. And depending on the distance of the granny flat to your home, there are some solutions. If your granny flat's only a short distance away from your home, say maybe 10, 15 metres perhaps, then... One of two options would suit. One is a range extender. A range extender can improve your wireless coverage in a certain direction. In this case, the direction would be towards the granny flat. So if you have, say, the modems at the front of your house, the, the extender is in the middle of your house, that will push it towards the rear of your house. That's one way of doing it. It could be, for some people, a bit of a hit-or-miss approach. The other way of doing it is using a mesh Wi-Fi system, which will not only get the range of your Wi-Fi to the granny flat, as I said, if it's between 10 to 15 metres away from your house, probably on the, say, 10 metres towards your house, then the mesh Wi-Fi system will probably reach. The the Netgear Orbi, that, uh, or Netgear is obviously one of our sponsors here, the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 has a range, a, a footprint of 470 square metres, which is huge. That could the, Most most properties in Australia aren't that big. So you can, or you know, the, the area where their home and the coverage is required isn't that big. So you can get to that, that kind of coverage. Now, if that doesn't work for you, then you may have to look down the path. Say the granny flats, I had a call on the radio where the guy said he, he needed to get his Wi-Fi 150 metres away from his house. I said, well, wow, you've got a big property, but uh, 150 metres, you're not going to get your Wi-Fi down there. Your best chance is to get either a 4G hotspot, a 5G hotspot, and have give, get your own mobile coverage in that particular area because your Wi-Fi sure as hell isn't going to go another 150 metres from your home. So there, there are the uh, there are the options if you do need to connect your granny flat. It's very important if you are considering building a granny flat. I reckon take into consideration maybe digging that little trench, get the cable down there, and all the problems will be solved. But while you're building granny flats, make sure you also connect them. And that is the full-time siren for episode 449 of the Tech Guide podcast. If you need to find out any more, of course, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Everything we've spoken about is there. If you want to get in touch, please email us, info at techguide.com.au, or hit the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the homepage. That will also send me an email also. We want to give a special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family family safe online. Very important. Please support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.